are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Hello. And also joining us from the far reaches of New York is Hello. return guest. This is where you say your name. Oh, Jimmy Ferrara. Hello. Hi. Sorry. You, you may remember I Jimmy was pointing Fer- at the phone. He couldn't see me pointing at the phone. <laughs> I, I cued you. Me. <laughs> Jim Ferrara, who's uh, been on the show before. He has a studio and a very well-known and uh, fantastic photographer in uh, New York State. And uh, we're very uh, appreciative to have you join us today, Jim. Well, thank you very much. And I am avid fans of you guys. Is that Seriously, right? Seriously. I'm, I'm friends slash fans as well. I have listened to every single podcast. You guys are fantastic. He's the one. He's the one. That's, that's the one. I'm the one setting that iTunes thing off the chart. <laughs> we found out who our listener yeah. is. Yeah, so no, I'm, I'm actually really interested in that uh, in in your your fandom of the show as well because you're a photographer who I, who I who I respect and admire. Somebody who I would think would want nothing to do with all of this bullshit. So, like, yeah, I, I'm I'm interested for your thoughts on the show in general. Uh, well, I'm a I'm I've been a huge fan of radio for years. Uh, been a subscriber to XM Satellite for a long time. And I just like I don't like listening to music too much, even though I'm a, I'm a musician as well. It's just because I hear the same stuff over and over again. So to me, someone talking is always good, whether it's local or on a national level. So podcasts, I'm starting to follow more and more. And you guys do it well, and you do give good advice and things that I might have once forgot about that I'm telling my assistants too, and and they're like, oh yeah, good point. I'm like, you guys should listen. Like, yeah, we don't listen. But I know I'm trying to get more fans for you guys. My mom says the same thing. Uh, Yeah, Uh, yeah. I can't be bothered. Even Julie stopped listening. Yeah, she doesn't want anything to do. Yeah, Bobby doesn't listen unless I make her listen in the car. Uh, Oh, that's a that's a captive audience. No, that's actually pretty cool. We and we appreciate that uh, that we now know who our one listener is. No, that that's actually really awesome because you know we uh, we really try to make it interesting. But I'm a big I've always been a big talk radio fan. Sure. And uh, and like you know as as an amateur musician myself, I always like Jim says, I get tired of listening to music after a while. I'm a social person and I want to hear people talking. So mm-hmm. I'll listen to music for if I got a long car ride, I'll listen to music for thirty minutes and then I'm like, okay, I want to hear a conversation. Right. And so. Um, I guess that I guess that's that's just flattering, you know. Yes. Okay, who's got a sexier voice, Jim? Ah, uh, good question. <laughs> Boo Ray is very. Really. You're very radio. It's really. I, you've talked about this in the past. Once that microphone is in front of you, it's hard not to do the deep register and do the the cadence like you do. Um, I don't know. You guys are pretty even. Yeah. Hey, it might be, hey. it might be me now. That all the other twelve listeners might you know. say it's me. <laughs> All right, I I have something I I do want to before we get he, heavy into the photography topics. Um, now I don't know if you guys have this up there as, as much as we have it down here in the south, but I want to talk about death. So <laughs> no, about, nobody has oh, more what? death than Florida. Yes, no one has more death than Florida. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm driving the other day. I see a car, and written on the back windshield of the car, uh, in like that that soap marker thing that they write on uh, on car, on car windows. It says it says Bye, Daddy. We love you. Big exclamation points! Rest in peace. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. So oh, that's it, sad. It, it was like well, it was like it was like you know a high school kid who writes "Go Tigers" on their windshield. Except this was "Bye, Daddy, we love you." Rest in peace. And it was written like with the soap marker on the back of the car. And I'm just like, at what point does <laughs> does a does a funeral? I don't even want to laugh at that. I mean, I have to laugh at it because I'm just 
it's so the juxtaposition of the whole idea of that versus you know your dad's dead. Hey, get some markers and let's go out and put a banner on the car. Or like, or they're too cheap to get a proper sticker for. It? Well, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. <laughs> but here's the other thing I saw the very same day, and that is, you know how you go down the road and you see on the side there'll be like a. Well, they have two ways you can do it. One is you can go get the please drive safely sign from the DMV that you pay for, and people get that little sign and they put it at the site of someone who has died. And the other thing is that you can just do your own thing. People just go and they nail a cross on the side of the road and they put some flowers on it or whatever because they had someone who died there. And here's what got me. I saw one of those and they had put pinwheels in the ground in front of it. You know, the little pinwheels that spin with the wind? How festive. Yeah. Yes, very festive. And I thought, it's a death and a party. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I don't understand how we have gone to this point where we used to have the funeral and people wear the suits and they have the cars with the lights on. They go there. And now it's, bye, Daddy, we love you, and the soap marker on the thing and the pinwheels on the side of the road. And I'm not, I'm not sure at what point do we just start having neon signs and fireworks going off when somebody dies. I fully expect my funeral to be uh, that way. I would love to have... Um, I would love to have some crazy stuff at my funeral, you know, just just some crazy stuff like rig a spring into the coffin so that when people come up, I'm like, <laughs> throws my body up and scares them, you know? I just don't, <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, I, 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 I'm sorry that you lost a loved one there at the side of the road, and that's tragic, and if you want to put up something as a remembrance, I get that. But the little pinwheels... I just the I I at what point does that you know I don't understand what you're going for there. What are you trying what are you what are you going for? What are you trying to get me to feel when I see the little spinning pinwheel? Is it putting a good spin on it? I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I'm just saying I I expect that next week I'll go by and there'll be a couple of pink flamingos, maybe a uh, lawn gnome. You know, at what point does this become something that really is not what it should be? Jimmy, when you die, I'm going to come up to New York and I'm going to put a lawn gnome on top of your grave. There you go. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, why not? On the side of the road. <laughs> and a bald lawn gnome with a guitar in his hand. <laughs> That's going to be it. So we have some uh, some questions. Yes, we, we do. Have, we've been neglect. We put up so much great educational content in the last couple episodes that we have been neglecting our viewer that writes questions in. So Boo Ray's mm-hmm. mom, we're going to get to all your yes, questions. Yes, we do have today. some questions. <laughs> Good. Uh, we do have some questions that have been sent in. So we're going to do a lightning round and try and answer some of these questions. All so right. We've got uh, Jim here to actually provide some real insight. Want to do a round table? Uh, we can. Well, we're all going to answer every question. Yeah, round table. Okay. So we'll start. Okay. Well, so we'll start with uh, we'll start with uh, this question from Jennifer Ashby, who had uh, a cousin of hers who got married. She didn't shoot this wedding, but uh, she said that uh, they got married and they had food poisoning the day of the wedding. They were sick the whole day. They went through with it; everything was fine, but they were sick and they were out of it the whole day. And she said, "If that happened to you, if you were shooting a wedding and you had a couple who had been very sick all day, would you go to them and say, hey, how about we get together next week or something, and I will do some more pictures of you, put your dress on and everything, when you're feeling better, that might be better pictures, would you offer them something else along that line? Would you offer to charge for it or not? Or would you just say, I let it, I let it go. I did my job. I was hired to do my wedding, and now I'm done. Is it something that you would think is something you should help them take care of or bring to their attention or are you um, uh, I, can, I, I can take this one if you guys I'll start yeah, the round first. table you're first I had a similar situation it was a two years ago around this time kickoff of the season and a couple a local couple went down to Jersey Shore I don't know why it's not that great but it's a Jersey Shore to do a wedding and it poured rain the whole day of the wedding we couldn't go outside at all and it was supposed to be this whole beachy kickoff of the of the summer season wedding and couldn't do anything the next day was great and then ever since then was great and i knew this couple i liked them a lot i said hey you know i might be down there that way again in the summer i have a friend who has a place there what if you can make it the same time i'm there 
and we'll do a whole shoot. It'll be on me. So I think this, this is something you got to weigh the odds. If the couple's really nice to you or nice to her and has been nice along the way, I think offering that extra step, that extra mile, will absolutely benefit her in the long run. But in all honesty, if this other bride, if this bride has been maybe a pain, maybe a little too pushy, maybe you know, uh, nickeling diming her along the way, then she might not be apt to offer future services, like you said. I think that uh, when you jump into it, at least in our business with our weddings, we do a lot of sales after the fact. Like a lot of our wedding averages are garnered from upselling the album and selling prints to the family and stuff like that. And I think that if they generally have a bad feeling or negative feelings towards what happened on the event of their day, I think it can honestly hurt your sales. It might actually really behoove you to take some time out and do an additional session to sort of get them, you know, feeling good about their photos. And that I think that's a strong possibility. For me, like I said, I'm always about giving smart. And so if it if it's honestly, if it's if the couple's I feel really they really love photography and they love photos and it's really important to them. I might just take the time to do it and not charge them anything, and I would just I would just use that to sort of bolster my sales after the fact uh, to begin with. I can't really add much. I think that you guys did not. I, I think I'm the, pretty much the same way. But I, it happens to you because you shoot beach weddings all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's true. I do. I should be, and we're very much no. Listen, you hired me for the time, and 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 it's uh, act of God. That's your your call and not mine. I'm not coming back. But I have had uh, the occasions where I've said. You know, with the right couple, you will say, you know what? I'm not doing anything tomorrow. Why don't you guys meet me down here tomorrow again? And, and I'll take a half hour or an hour, and I'll get that sunset stuff that you really wanted. And, but, right. but, I mean, it's, it's rare. First of all, I don't get rained out very much. But, um, yeah, if it's the right couple, you do. And if you feel you're going to get something out of it, too, like you said, you've got to be smart. You gotta feel like you're gonna get something or out of it. Or if you just want to be a genuinely good person, yeah. Sometimes you want to be. I, it, I, I don't. I wouldn't be prone to suggest it now as much as I would have five years ago when I wasn't so busy. It's because you're so full of bitterness and hate now. Yes. Right? Well, there's the bitterness <laughs> and hate factor. <laughs> but you know, I don't have the time. You know, there's a good chance I'm working tomorrow and the next day. And so if they were to ask you to do that and you weren't inclined to do it for free, what would you charge? Just a regular session? I would charge fee? a portrait session. I'd say I'd be happy to come back, but it's going to be a, a portrait session. Fee. And and it's you, an hour drive for me to go to the beach. Do you, now, here's, a, here's the other question that stems from that for me. When you typically do a wedding, do you are in most of your weddings, are you giving digital files with the final package? Yes. Including an album, whatever else you give yes. them. But do most clients get digital files? Yes. So if you redid that as a portrait session, would you include those in the digital files from the wedding, or would you make them buy those too? Uh, it would, well, that's part of my portrait session package, yeah. They would, you, would, you would do my normal portrait session with digital files included, cost this much. Okay. I think that uh, that's pretty good. I feel good about that one. Yeah. Thank you Me for too. writing in that amazing question. But Let's, I think the lesson here is uh, really for all the people who aren't listening to the podcast because they aren't photographers. And that lesson is be nice to your photographer and make him like you because you might be surprised at what he can do for you if he likes you. Absolutely. And I think that that is universal across sure. any service industry, um, like the don't spit in your food thing. Right. <laughs> oh, but it's especially uh, for us. We're the ones making them look good. Absolutely. I think that's really important. Yeah, be nice to your photographers, not right. people who aren't listening right now. Right, right. Okay, okay. Next question. Uh, this one will be, you'll start this one off, Gary, and it's from uh, William Huff, and it's going to sound like a big question. I, maybe it is a big question, and it's kind of vague. And he says, uh, in today's climate, in today's world, why be a photographer? And maybe more importantly, why not? Okay, Bill. Thank you for writing that question. Hope it's okay. That, <laughs> hope it's okay that I call you Bill, buddy. Um, oh, for your your friends now, he's just yeah. he's Bill to you. He wrote into my show. Okay, dude. Um, all right, uh, Bill. What I'll tell you about that is that photography has changed so so much, but what has not changed is business. 
And I think that if photography is something that you enjoy doing, you want to work for yourself. The, the center of it for me is having an entrepreneurial spirit. The type of person that works for themselves has to be able to surrender a certain amount of security in order to do what you want to do. Now, I am not one of those people that's so passionate about photography. I'm always carrying around my gear and da-da-da-da. I don't eat, sleep, and breathe it like other people do. I love it, but it's my job. And when I'm not working, that's kind of turned off a lot of the time. So I would say this. If you want to do it as a job, you have to attack it intelligently and say, I'm going to analog- create a product that my market wants, and I'm going to deliver that, and I'm going to turn a profit because photography is a small business with a slow growth curve. And so um, the reason to get into photography is if you want to work for yourself, if you love photography and you want to do it for a living, and I think that's the why reason and uh, why not to do it. If you aren't really good at uh, managing small business, if doing the, the books and taxes and writing paychecks and you know balance coming up with budgets and all that stuff if none of that interests you and you're going to go into business on your own you're not going to have a good time working for yourself so it's a really easy thing to do to to have whatever job you might have right now and to do photography as something that you do for fun because if you don't go into it with the right attitude doing something for a living can take all the joy out of it oh yeah and so that's what i would say those are those are my reasons all right, I would I would mirror that, and I and I'm going to touch a little bit more on the creative side, the business side. You touched on good, but with the creative side, I would say this: uh, like Gary, I'm not super like carrying my camera with me everywhere I go necessarily, and, and and that sort of thing, because when you do it for a living, you start to want to distance yourself a little bit from it when you're not working. Otherwise, you're always working. But um, I will say that if you are approaching photography purely as a job that you're probably not going to be happy in the long run. You have to enjoy it because even though you're not carrying your camera all the time, Gary, you still, when you're on the job, you're still, you enjoy the idea that I'm going to try and do, do something today creative or do something I haven't done before. Love it. And right. I know, Jim, you must feel the same. Yes, I was going to say pretty much the same thing Ray did because, there's, like you said in a previous podcast, people love photography. doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a good photographer and certainly not be a good business person doing photography so there's times and you guys can can, contest you're just working overtime you're not getting paid for it you're done with the day but you see great light somewhere and you just will get yourself there and bust your ass a little bit harder and get your knees dirty in whatever case to get that extra shot and then at the end of the day you're sitting there like man i am so glad i do what i do because i really do still love what i do because i didn't have to go do that shot she didn't pay me to do it but it looked amazing and it was for me first and then the client second so if people who like photography but don't go that extra mile i would really think twice about making it a full-time profession maybe dabble a little here and there along the way and see where it goes i think one of the reasons also that you don't want to be a photographer <clears throat> not to talk you out of it is that <laughs> yeah unlike, jim we're trying to talk you out of it buddy. is it like like, <laughs> like another like it's not it's unlike other professions or other independent businesses you own in that let's say you say i want to have a business and you know what uh, here in florida lawn care that's a big business because we Huge. grow because it's year round we other like unlike other places where you only cut your grass three months a year here your grass has to be cut 12 months a year so lawn care is huge there's tons of companies in there in the lawn care business they come by they cut your grass they spread your lawn they do all that stuff for you so if you say i want to be in the lawn care business you know i've got to get this 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 equipment i've got to get these guys to do the care and then i've got to get a client list and once i get that client list i just take care of them and that's fine and i'm good and this thing's going to churn itself and run itself until i'm I'm done with it and then in photography you can kind of go down the same road if i get my skills to a certain point and i get a client list then i'm doing this and this is fine and you do that for four or five years and then suddenly one day you wake up and the trends have changed 
And now, you suddenly have to relearn or learn something totally new to the type of photography or style of photography that you've been doing because the new clients suddenly don't want to come to you. And we can talk about a hundred photographers who owned studios who suddenly are like, who are out of business or people who shot weddings for years and now they say they don't shoot weddings anymore because the trend changed and they just didn't want to have to learn how to do it all over again. And that's one of the yeah. things you have to do with photography that you don't have to do if you, if you own a store or whatever. You don't have to relearn your whole trade. Yeah, but there are a lot of small businesses businesses especially where trends change you know you think at anything in uh retail decor any creative thing we talk about graphic design engineering architecture like the probably the only thing in architecture change, sure like but, but retail like, you just order the new, whatever the new trend is to sell in your store but in photography but about, you know if you're a portrait guy and that's pr- primarily the way you do stuff and then suddenly that portrait style falls out of, out, out of out of grace and now you need to learn to be more photojournalistic or whatever and you're like 40 and you're like i don't want to learn all over again how to do all this stuff i don't know that it's as severe as that but it definitely is a big factor in the photography business like every business has to deal with changes in the market changes in trends changes in branding and identity there's a lot of stuff that changes but in it's like the music industry i think you know like if you're a producer in the music industry you know you've got acts and they're very popular but that's not going to be that way forever you've got to change with the times you've if got not to there would ahead. be no such thing as a one-hit wonder exactly <laughs> you've got to you know you've got to keep changing with it you know you hear all the music artists who were they were huge and then suddenly no one cared about them anymore because the type of music changed well the artists that survive you've got artists that were t- uh, touching different uh things i think u2 is a big sur- good survivor story right they started way way early 80s and they changed. Uh, their music is always touched a little sure. bit Madonna's by what's going on. Madonna, you know, there's people that have been around forever. And so you do have to sort of ride that wave. Any creative uh, endeavor, you're going to have to roll a little bit with. Right. And it's a good analogy. If you, if you really want to be successful for 30 or 40 years in this business, you've got to be like a Madonna or a U2. You've got to be changing and evolving. Whereas if you're going to be a guy who's like, you know, you can, you can be, I just like to play blues. And that's great. But if you're not B.B. King... You may be successful for a little while, but then eventually you're just going to be stuck playing the little clubs in, uh, you know, Thonatassa. Yeah, Kenny oh, Wayne Shepherd and yeah, Johnny just, Lang. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, you're like, <laughs> no, no, this is what I like to do. Well, that's great, but you're not going to get the bookings anymore. So final word, why, uh, Jim, not to get into the photography industry? Why not? <laughs> uh, uh, you guys hit you guys hit all the marks. It, that's that's a too big of a topic to to do it in a speed round. You know you know why not to get in the photography industry? Because uh, going to dental college is cheaper than all the gear you're going to have to buy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, a good point. That, and then and they got to pay for your own health insurance and everything else, and you don't have a steady paycheck and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, it would just be nice to be in an industry where you didn't feel – I don't know about you guys, but if a certain length of time goes by where I feel I haven't um, really learned anything new, I start to sweat. You know, I'm like, you know, I, I feel like that part of, of, of maintaining a, a hold on the business and being able to have a successful business is that you need to be educating yourself all the time. And if I feel like a certain length of time has gone by, I'll be like, OK, wait a minute. Uh, I, am I getting stale? I don't want to be stale. Yes, you are. Yeah, thank you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to be stale. You know, I mean, there's a reason. Like, you, you look at you. You do headshots, so many headshots, and, and Jim also quite a few with the headshots. But you guys didn't be like, okay, headshot, traditionally it's lit this way, and this is how I do it, and that's how I'm going to – no, you guys started pushing it. You know, you guys get excited about a new modifier. You oh, guys, I, still, I still mix it up. I, I still just totally change things in my studio for the hell of it, whether I like it or not. At least it, it gets me on my toes. Right, exactly. And, and that's what I'm saying, that when you say why not to be a photographer, is because if you're not the type of person who 
enjoys that to some degree, then you're not going to like being a photographer because it's going to be drudgery that you have to constantly be pushing yourself. There are people. Also, that you know, I think one drudgery. more important thing we we just we didn't touch base on is is people. I, I knew uh, years ago I knew a photo- I do two photographers in Connecticut I worked with, and um, one of them was a product photographer because he, he could not deal with people. He didn't like dealing with people and became very very good at doing product photographers for, photography for big companies. And he just couldn't talk to people, couldn't didn't like that. And of course, weddings the number one with being talking and, and personable and all that. But you know, even with headshots and portraits, he could just plop someone down, not talk to them, and just expect a great face. And you know, it's 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 a very people person. Absolutely, I think that that is. I worked a wedding with a, a second shot of wedding with another photographer in town years ago, and uh, she was she was basically we were having a conversation. You know what reception when you're standing around as everybody's eating. And she was like, oh, well, you know, um, I'm not really good with people. I just like to sort of walk around the edges and take pictures of what's happening. And right. I go, like, you're not going to do well. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you might. but As it, a second shooter, yes. you'd be the best. That's right. But yeah. you really need to be able to walk up to, pe- walk up to a table of people and go, hey, guys, I need to take some pictures. How about everybody get together and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then when, I had a, and then when I had they do the same years ago stupid that would, thing would, they always a, do. You know, in the dance floor, you got people going in a circle. Woohoo! And she'd be constantly on the outside of the circle. Which is okay, but she's shooting the backs of people, and yeah. I kept telling her, "I'm like, you got to get in there, get in there." She wasn't in there. Finally, I just took her one day and pushed her right in the center of that yeah. circle, and then walked <laughs> out, and then it was all her. And she's like, "Wow, that push really helped me because now I can, I, I'm seeing faces, and I'm there, and I'm here. Well, I might yeah. well just go." Yeah, if there's a circle on the dance floor, I'm in the middle of the dance. floor. And then they put oh, her yeah. up on a chair and bounced her around like the horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then next time she's married to the, the groom, all of a sudden, like, what happened? Uh oh. All right, all right. Uh, next question in the lightning round goes to me first, and and fittingly so. It, it may seem like an odd question, but actually, I think it's a good question. And uh, this one comes from uh, Michael. Oh, I hope I pronounce your last name right, Michael. It is Michael Zeravitz. Yep. Zeravats, I think, is the way, hopefully is the way it's pronounced. I know Michael. You know Michael. I do. Is that, that pronounced that correctly? Zeravitz, yeah. Ver- Zeravitz. And Michael asked the question, as a wedding photographer, he said, should I wear protection for my ears? Should, should I be oh. concerned about my ears? Now, I am a perfect person to answer this question because I was a disc jockey for years. I wore headphones for years, and I also worked in nightclubs. And I can tell you that if you're going to stand right in front of the speakers at a wedding all the time, which is many times where we stand, because you don't want the DJ stand in the picture, you're going to stand you know, with the DJ stand behind you, that, yeah, not a bad idea to wear earplugs because you can be hitting 120 decibels, 125, depending on the wedding, right there in your ears, and you will see long-term damage. I have um, I've seen my dad as a musician for many years he played in as like a second job played in like a top 40 band right and um this was before they really you know ear, you know they're like hey we're all going deaf because of this because rock and roll was new nobody right. had ever played music that loud before this was in the 50s and the 60s and then he was i mean he's almost completely deaf now right just from that so is pete townsend from the who because yeah, he always used to have his amp on the left side of him and his left ear is completely gone and his right ear is like barely hanging on right you know and it's it's absolutely i think that um me, I'm very concerned about it because I'm a musical person, I'm a talker, I'm involved in, like, losing my hearing, I couldn't even imagine. So definitely, definitely protect those ears out yeah. there. Yeah, and so I remember when I was in the club business uh, way back in the day, and one of the disc jockeys I worked with came in and had, uh, and he started wearing uh, little uh, earplugs in the club, and I was like, oh, yeah, but he was right. <laughs> he was right. If, if I I agree, exactly. I, I played in a band for years, and I was typically stage right, and I would wear one earplug in my left because the drumming was coming from that way, the drums and cymbals and all that. But I liked having one not in my 
radiator. And I, I might not hear a certain frequency here and there up in the higher registers, but uh, I absolutely have multiple earplugs at weddings and in my car and in different bags. And I get the skin color ones from uh, a musician store or a musician store online, and they're, they're skin color. And, and then I take a scissor and I trim the very bottom third off. So they go in, but they don't stick out like, oh, hey, look at me wearing earplugs. Right. So you really can't even see it. You can wear them all night. You can have conversations. They're not quite half, but even even half is good too because then it just kills the high frequency, and it's fantastic. And I don't know why all of my assistants don't do this. I can't believe it. I'm yeah. like, I have extra pair. Unused. Please use them. You uh, will I was going to say, I don't, I don't want to use your old earplugs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm actually but, uh, lucky in a way because I have hearing age because back when I had, well, I don't like to talk about it, but I had cancer. <laughs> And, uh, oh, I never heard I about had, that. No, I, I, I know never you probably never heard before. that I had cancer uh, at one point, uh, but uh, it's, yeah, I don't talk about it. Uh, but uh, anyway, because of that, the uh, chemotherapy messed up my ears even more. I already had a slight loss because of the years of being in nightclubs, and then it got bad, so I had to wear hearing aids. And there's a button on my hearing aids, and I had my hearing aid doctor set that button to cut my hearing aids power in half. So when I'm in a wedding, I reach up and shut them into half power, and everything gets a little bit duller, and, and I'm saving my ears that way. It's I'm, actually, I'm actually thinking about getting professional ones, just the professional ear plugs that you get a wax, you put them in your ear, you send them back, they give you real ones that are made for you. But I'm afraid I'm going to lose them, and I don't want to spend a hundred something dollars on something I might lose like that. You oh, know, it's so small. Bucks so. to save your ears, that's nothing. Here's the biggest problem about wearing earplugs: is you look like a dork. <laughs> no, I just said you take the skin color ones and you cut a little bit off the edge, and then you look somewhat cool. Um, for you, that's probably not possible, but maybe. <laughs> Maybe for me, that's awesome. Well, if they had Star Wars earplugs, then I'm sure you'd wear those. Yeah, but oh, stay away from the orange yeah. ones, the yellow ones, like, the, the, the Home Depot your ones. Earplugs that, that look like Yoda ears. Yeah. No. Skin color fun. ones, musician stores. Are you ever going to let it go, no, man? No, I'm not. You're wearing a Star Wars t-shirt <laughs> half the time I see you. He's not, is he? Is he really? Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> I, that is not true. He has a book bag that he carries. <laughs> <laughs> and and the in, the interior lining of the book bag is the Star Wars logo. Uh, what about his uh, sheets? Is his sheets still like Star Wars sheets? You know, like the, the I've never been. In, I've, I've never been in his bedroom. Thank God, liar. But I'm but I'm assuming that that may be true. No, my bed sheets right now have little penguins on them. Well, let's talk okay. about let's talk about the lovely mural what? that is on the wall of your daughter's oh, bedroom. Jesus, Boo Ray! What is it? Is it Winnie the Pooh? It's it? a, yeah. Well, we had a. Uh, I was out with my uh, my friend Chris Kretzer, who is a fantastic uh, artist. It's a fantastic. It's fantastic. I love it. It's and, fantastic. Uh, Let we me just make, having, be that clear. I'm giving you shit about it, but it is actually the coolest thing I've ever seen. Well, we'll post a picture of it on the uh, photobomb page because uh, we were out having a beer one night and was talking about. Um, Ellie, but this was before she was born, and you know Julie was probably only oh, a few months pregnant. And so we're sitting there having beers, and hey, congratulations! First time I've seen him since we found out. And um, I had made up my mind that no matter what, uh, when what, whether it was a boy or a girl, and we didn't know at that time yet that we were going to do a Star Wars mural on the wall. And so um, what happened? Let me see now. Let me just interject right here that you're like, oh, why do you make fun of me? And it's because of statements like, I had made up my mind that no matter what. That is why I make Look, fun of you. When you've had a child and that's the first thing, I have made up my mind that no matter what, we're going to have a Star Wars mural <laughs> on the wall. This is yeah. your priority. This is your priority when you have, I'm, no, I'm no. having a baby, Star Wars mural. All right, here's the thing. Every <laughs> nursery nowadays has a theme. I've seen nautical themes. Okay. I've seen aviation. Right. I've seen so many themes right. that... Um, 
why why not make a theme for something that that I like right. rather than something because it is there. all about you because I'm not a freaking sailor <laughs> and I'm not a pilot and so so and if it was like uh, if it was a girl we were going to theme it one way and a, and a boy the other way but what happened was is we started getting uh, Julie's sister bought us a. Uh, a little stuffed animal, and it was like a little stuffed piglet doll, and right. it was the first. Pr- and we didn't even know if it was a boy or a girl yet. She's like, "I had to buy the baby something," and so and randomly over the course of a couple of weeks, we got like three or four different gifts that were all Winnie the Pooh, completely unconnected sure. from each other. And so I was telling uh, Kretzer about it, and uh, and I go, "So I don't know if we're going to do Winnie the Pooh now or not." And so we look at each other, and just have this moment where we're like. Star Wars Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. So we have a mural on the wall in the baby's room now that's very like sort of like soft and kind of pink, but it's all the the, the Winnie the Pooh characters in the Hundred Acre Wood, but they're all in costume as Star Wars. It's characters. fantastic. It's really cool. It's really so cool. we've got like Eeyore is Darth Vader and uh, Piglet <laughs> is Princess Leia, which is you know I'm crushing oh, gender Luke. roles. Oh Luke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm your father. I'm your father. <laughs> and you know, and of course, you know, Winnie the Pooh is Luke Skywalker, and Owl is uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. I like to call him sure. Owl Be One Kenobi. Oh, I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> But here's the other thing. Whenever we right now, Ellie is still in the bassinet with us in the room. But you know, she takes naps and stuff in her nursery. Whenever we take her in that room, she's smiling like like she loves looking right. at it and all the colors and stuff. Right. And she thinks it's the greatest. So I stand by my uh, mural that I commissioned. <laughs> um, and actually, if you want to check out uh, Chris Kretz's work, he's okkretz.com. O k a y k r e t z dot com. And uh, yeah, he's a fantastic artist. But um. Yeah, it, it's it's yes, okay. I'm a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> I couldn't be more excited that new movies are coming out. Totally on photography related, but you started us on this path. The how, path did I, how did I start you on what path? Because you bring up Star Wars every time. That's because it's easy to bring it up on you. You're younger than <sighs> me. You're stronger than me. You're more attractive than me. It's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I got. I got nothing else I can hit you with. What no. am I going to do? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen you naked. So there, you might you have don't to. want to see me naked. <laughs> Trust me. I want you, here, 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 a picture. Eeyore on his hind legs, that's me, naked. Right there. Okay? That's, ears included. That is... I'm, I'm just saying. You do have big ears. I do I'll have big that. ears. Oh, Absolutely. I, I find that all that really, really upsetting. Jim, are you building IKEA building furniture over there? Am I what? Are you building IKEA furniture? Are you taking out the garbage? What's that noise? Oh, I've done that. Yeah, yeah, I've done IKEA. No, what are you doing now? You was like a lot of noise suddenly. Like oh, you were I taking... just nothing. I just opened up a little drawer here. It's all yeah, good. I yeah, won't hold do still for a second. Then. It sounds yeah. like you're you're under construction over. That's there. fine. We understand if you can't take twenty minutes out of your day to actually be on the show. Jesus. Go ahead and do whatever you're doing there, Jim. Yeah. I won't do anything now. I'll yeah, just sit yeah we'll wait till you're done. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait okay. for you, Jim. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> well, Jim is the only listener, so he's the only one waiting for him to be done as he listens to the. <laughs> Because as soon as it's out, he's going to be downloading the podcast and listening to That's himself. Right. That's is right. worse than us. Yes. Worse than yes, us. Absolutely. Do you think, um, we talked in a previous episode about the Meridian, Ohio cult. Are you, right. Are you interested in, in joining or maybe like running for president of the Meridian, Ohio photobomb podcast cult? Well, I'm not near Ohio, but uh, you know, Ohio. I, I, I listened to that and it was kind of funny that, that that area, which is, like you said, not near Orlando or not near any major, major city. It's kind of funny that that became the uh, the highest number of people there listening. There has to be a reason. There has to be something there. The cult? No, but here's the, the cult thing. is there. Tampa is catching up big time. Okay, good. Tampa is really catching up, which okay, I'm excited good. about. So, uh, although Tampa may not not be the city, although thanks to having Jerry and Melissa on the show uh, in the last episode, we may actually 
um, get our Australian listeners back. Which yes, which I would like to see that. I would like about. to see that happen. All right. So I think that uh, that about wraps it up yeah, for I us think so. today. That was, man, we answered some questions. We made fun of me. Uh, we, the two things I try to do on every show. <laughs> <laughs> Answer some questions and make fun of Gary. So let's talk about some stuff we got coming up. I've got nothing coming up whatsoever. What about you? I um, <laughs> I am going to. I'm so excited uh, to say that I have been asked to come back and do Creative Live for the second time, and I will be. I think it's August 10th and 11th, and I will be doing a program on business and corporate headshots, which is uh, really really cool. And I also want to say that Jim, I will be sort of showing a modified version of the lighting that I learned from you and giving you full credit for it. Oh, good. Cool. So, Thanks. On Creative Live because I use it a lot. It's not the only thing. It's one of many things I'm doing, but I will be uh, demonstrating. I hope that's okay. And Actually, no, I don't care. I don't care if it pisses you off. I will say this. <laughs> uh, just this last, last weekend, I was doing dance pictures. I do dance pictures for a local dance school. I've been doing it for about five or six years. And I recently got the PLM, the big giant Paul Buff modifier. Uh, I know you have one. I yeah. think Jim has one, too. What yeah. Is it, 87 and, uh, inches or yeah, something? and I'm using that now. Uh, a little bit off, maybe, I want to say maybe 18, 20 degrees off center as my main light. And then in my previously, I was using two soft boxes. Those are now back on my background lights. I'm shooting on white vinyl uh, to blow up my background. And I'm using that as a single solo light on these pictures because the kids are cycling in so fast. that And some turn left, some turn right. And Why are they on cycles? Well, there you go. It's a weird dance <laughs> troupe. <laughs> yeah, Boober, I saw that picture. Is that continuous or a strobe? That's strobe. That okay. was a strobe. Yeah, that was a strobe. But but what's funny is it's you know it's one light. Whereas before you always want to have two. You know, main fill. No, I'm just taking it a little off center because it, it's going to be kind of a flat light situation when you're cycling through kids Anytime as fast. Anytime you're doing volume, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I'm just so happy with the way the light. I just kept all, all day long. I would just look at my camera and go, Oh, I love this light because mm-hmm. it was just it was just so smooth. No hot spots. Just just beautiful. You know what I love best about that modifier is that it's like a hundred bucks. Yeah, it's like seventy nine dollars. <laughs> you you essentially get like a seven foot octobox for a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's the Paul Buff uh, PLM. It's called the PLM, and you can get that from Paul Buff uh, Alien Bees. Just Google Paul Buff or Alien Bees. And can we just take a minute also to mention that Paul Buff recently uh, passed, passed away. away? Yeah, man. Yeah, Paul. I never got I never got a chance to meet Paul. An absolute paragon of the industry. Yeah, man. absolutely. I mean, when I very first started, I didn't know anything. The first lights I I bought were Alien B lights. He makes equipment, has, his company made equipment accessible for people starting out. Whereas previously, there, there was almost no option for anybody looking for like affordable lighting. Right. And uh, I mean, I, I can't tell you, I don't think anybody, I, don't, I can't think of any photographer I know that doesn't have something that Paul Seabuff made. Sure. I've got Paul, I've got uh, his Alien B lights, I've got his triggers, I've got the PLM modifier. And you're right, he, he made it accessible. When I went shopping and didn't know anything, it was his lights that most people talked about as being affordable and yet good lights. I bought Alien Bees like nine years ago, and they still work. Yeah, absolutely. Perfectly fine. <laughs> What's funny is I've got two backup bulbs that I bought at the same time. I haven't used them. And I've never used no. them. I'm still <laughs> on the same bulbs from the original. I've got those bulbs are sitting over there in a drawer. Yeah, I, You know, I, I wish, as happy as I am with my lighting system, I wish I had started with Alien Bees because I hear nothing but great things about them, like you said. The greatest thing about it is that they're not that expensive. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. right. And, and if one goes over on a light stand and smashes, you go, eh, that's a couple hundred bucks for a new one. No yeah. big deal. Yeah, so I can buy another one. If yeah, you lose a B1 or a pro, a pro photo or like a, a Norman or an Ellen Chrome, you're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like two weeks pay I just lost right oh. there. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, be sure and check us out online at photobombpodcast.com. You can check me out at bourayperry.com and Gary's work at hughesfioretti.com. And you can see me on Creative Live August 10th and 11th and at Focus 2015 in Orlando, Florida. Go to ruinfocus.com. And Jim, what's your website? 
Mine is jamesferrara.com, F-E-R-R-A-R-A. And that wraps it up for us. We will see you next week. See you later. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. See you, Jim. See everybody else. We'll catch you next week.